So today I want to talk about, oh, this is uh, the Black and Brown Ghetto Underground, by the way. Today I want to talk about apathy. Apathy is very attractive. Apathy is, is very, very seductive. There's, uh, there's not a lot of effort that goes into being apathetic. You can involve yourself in work, which is... Um, it's a it's a useful endeavor. Um, it's laudable that you would immerse yourself in the thing that allows you to pay rent, buy food, take care of your children, pay your cell phone bill. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and no one can fault you for focusing more on your work than on the current political climate. We have a president that most of you know is I've heard it said before and I find it very apt he's almost cartoonishly ignorant he is like a, a 1950s comic book villain uh, but he's real he's 100% real and he, effect, he affects everyone's lives on a daily basis daily basis now and sometimes can be hyperbole but it isn't every single day that you wake up you are living under certain conditions that have been created by this president so in practice you are living under every worst scenario that i think most people have now when i decided to become involved in politics and not involved in the sense of running or anything of that nature, but when I decided to become more aware of who, in many ways, governed my existence. Now, we, as human beings, as United States citizens, as Americans, can't do whatever we want. There is no society in which that happens. You cannot walk outside your front door, push someone to the ground, take the money, and not expect there not to be repercussions. That is the society we live in, and that is the societal contract that we've all signed, tacitly signed. They really wake up, sign a piece of paper saying, yes, I won't do this thing to that person. The moment I decided to, to, to become more involved in the governing of my life by the people who I've never met face-to-face, -face, but who I trust to work in my best interest, I started to see that... There are inconsistencies in, in nearly every politician. The goal of every politician is to be reelected. That has turned into the guiding principle of most politicians. 
that my goal is to become reelected so I can possibly do the things I told you I was going to do when I was running for election. The reality of their campaign is met with the reality of political life. It's not that they sell you a dream, because they don't. What they, <laughs> what they sell you is they sell you the top side of the cookie, right? You get all of the wonderful things that you like, and like about a cookie. You get, if, if you're like me, you like raisins and nuts and chocolate. And this isn't an oatmeal cookie, so all of that stuff is right on the top of that cookie. So you look at it and you go, damn, that's a good-looking cookie. The underside of that cookie is flat. No definition. Very little to tell you about what's going on inside the cookie. But it's probably the truest form of the cookie because most of a cookie um, is the stuff that's supposed to hold it together. And that's what politics can be like. This is my estimation. I'm not a political science major. Never was. Wasn't interested in that. But it's fairly, um, it makes sense to me. <laughs> politics, is, politics is nasty. Politics is one of those disgusting things you don't really want to think about. Because what politics seems to be, in my estimation, from what I've seen, is a series of compromises. This is the thing you want. Say you want um, white enamel water coolers throughout your business. And the only way to get those white enameled water coolers is to lobby your, partic your particular representative in government. That representative in government says, okay, this is what I need to do to get these white enameled water coolers into this business. Say, for example, that person's a Democrat. The person that they need to speak to is a Republican. The Republican says, you know, I don't think that particular area of that county or of that city needs to have white enameled water coolers. What's the purpose? Why do they need those? Democrat says because he likes them. He wants to see his teeth gleaming off the shine of the white enameled water cooler. So he wants those things, and I'd like to give it to them. The Republican says, nah, sorry, nah, forget it. Unless, unless you let that county have gold enameled water coolers. Democrat uh, immediately flinches, goes, well, that's not right. Why should they have a more expensive water cooler and my guy only have the white enamel? What if he doesn't know that he can have the gold? The Republican goes, that's not really my problem, is it? My problem is that I am supposed to make sure that my constituent has what he wants. Your responsibility is to make sure that your constituent has what he wants. Neither constituent really needs to know what the other constituent is getting. If they meet in the hallway and they exchange ideas and they say, oh, I've got white enamel water coolers. Wow, I've got gold enamel water coolers. How'd you get those? I got a petition. So, long story short, and a bit long-winded, but politics is about compromise. The Democrat goes to the Republican to get what he wants, can't get what he wants unless he lets that particular politician have what he has what he wants or have what he wants 
whatever context and influence the Democrat has, he uses to help the Republican get what he wants. The Republican, whatever influence he has, lets or helps to let the Democrat get what he wants. It's a compromise. In most compromises, someone normally gets less than. But they're okay with the less than because they get at least part of what they want or, or a semblance of what they want. Not the whole thing, but enough to make them happy. And that's what I sort of understand what politics is. There's a bit more nuance, yes. It's, it's not as uh, um, hysterically stupid as wh white water coolers, but it's close in my estimation and my beliefs. I am well willing to admit that I'm wholly ignorant of the entire process of politics. Um, unless I become a politician myself, I probably won't ever know, but that's not the goal, is it? The goal is for me to live the life I want to lead, free of as many hindrances and obstacles as possible. So, how does that go to apathy? Well, maybe this clip will help you understand. The following is an AP clip from 1996, the Clinton-Dole election. Am I going to vote? I'm planning to. I have registered, I took the initiative to register, but nothing's been manifested. I haven't really found research on the candidates or anything like that, so. I think that uh, politicians will, will say basically anything to get them elected. Um, and they, it doesn't really matter what they say because they can just always change their mind after elected anyways. Clinton did that on a lot of, a lot of issues. And um, I think, you know, like if clubbing baby seals became, a, a, you know, a real popular, Bill Clinton would become the seal clubbing president. My single vote out of all of America, my one vote's not going to change it. Even though the, they say my vote counts, I don't think it will. And that's kind of what it is. It's the belief that your one vote doesn't really matter. And if you believe that, then apathy becomes even easier. If you believe that, like, your one drop in the vast ocean doesn't add to the overall volume of the sea, then why are you going to do it? Why are you going to add yourself? Because in order to, to in order to want to vote, you have to in some way care or be passionate about the person you're voting for. You have to believe in what they believe in to a certain degree, or at least to the extent where you're willing to go out of your way and vote for them. Because a vote for them in some way is an agreement in policy and in philosophy. No one's going to vote for the clown candidate because he offers endless pies to the face and big red shoes and noses for anyone who wants them. Nobody's going to vote for that unless you're a clown. So in order to say, hey, I believe in the clown party, I'm going to vote for the clown candidate. You in some way have a uh, 
there's a there's a there's a, there's a tie to that particular party. Nothing against clowns, um, and not to be misconstrued with the insane clown posse, who for everything that I know about seem to be very much against Trump or people like Trump. So I think that I think we can all agree that apathy is easy. Apathy is also very seductive. And I've, I've, I think I may have said that before that apathy is very seductive because it promises everything that you want it to. No fuss, no muss. You don't have to get your hair out of uh, messed up. You don't have to, you know, get your clothes all wrinkled. You can just sit back. You know, have a bunch of tacos, watch TV, drink a beer, play a video game, play on your phone. Effortless. It's a breeze. It's so easy. It it, it doesn't ask anything of you either. It doesn't say, please, you know, take out the trash. Turn the remote, wipe down the counter, do the dishes. Now, I am not using that (laughs) as a surrogate spouse voice. That's not my point. The point is your your inner voice is telling you that maybe you should wash those dishes. Okay, that's that's the point. But apathy is also telling you sit down. Watch TV. Oh, that's, is that the news? Yet, yeah, turn the channel. I'm going to watch something else. The Bachelor is on. 90 Day Fiance is in a marathon. What? Apathy tells you all the things you want to hear. Yes. Yes. You are completely justified not wanting to vote. The hell? Who cares? It's just one vote. One vote. I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there who's going to give your vote totally off the hook. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. Apathy hides all of the unsightly flaws in our government. You don't have to worry about whether or not that particular politician got caught in a sexting scandal. You don't have to worry about if that particular candidate um, owes money to people who may or may not be unsavory. You don't have to worry about that candidate who has a best friend who, for all intents and purposes, and not being a clinical psychologist, is out of his mind. You don't have to worry about all of your... um, compatriots and um, mouthpieces, the people who flack for you on national television, on the Sunday shows, or on every news program, to tell you that, to tell the American people that you are doing the best job ever. You don't have to worry about your candidate being wrapped up in any of that. You can turn a blind eye and say, of course he is. Yes, no one's really, really worried about 545 children being stripped away from their parents. Forget about it. Why worry? You know what? On 90 Day Fiance, there's going to be some shouting. Yeah. 
So, of course, why is that not a viable alternative? To, I mean, I'm joking, obviously, but it, it's 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 like that. Apathy presents you with options that are completely harmless. Or are they? Are the the options that are presented to you by apathy truly harmless? Does it hurt anybody that you're not gonna go that you're not gonna go vote? Does it does it poke anybody in the eye if you decide to stay home and watch TV? Does it trip somebody walking down the street if you decide to, I don't know, watch a movie marathon? Watch, you know, Weekend at Bernie's for the 14th time? Does any of that happen if you just decide not to vote? No. None of that happens. No one loses a life or limb. Or doesn't get health care. Or doesn't have a family member deported. Doesn't have uh, their water source endangered by a pipeline. Doesn't have lands that were treaty written to be upheld. Suddenly, eh, you know what? We thought that treaty was kind of sus. So we're not really going to, we're not going to honor it. So, I don't know what you guys got to do to fix that, but we're going to, yeah, we're just going to break the treaty. We'll be, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll give you a call. None of that's possible if you don't vote. Or is it? The Trump administration has given away a record number of native lands. Point of fact, and this isn't an, this isn't only on Trump. The United States hasn't honored many of the treaties that it signed with the indigenous people of this country. But the Trump administration has weakened regulations to the point where it's done more harm than any other, nearly any other administration. Trust me, there are administrations who are guilty of so much bloodshed that it makes Trump look kind of like a, a second stringer, but he's still in the game. So what, is, what does not voting actually do? What, is, what are the consequences of apathy? I think the consequences of apathy are fairly significant. More so in this particular election than in any other. Strike that. I do believe that apathy, had it taken root in 1965, we would not have the Voting Rights Act. It would not exist. And while certain aspects of the Voting Rights Act are toothless, it makes more sense to get in there, to be in the game, than to not be in the game at all. 
you don't have a possibility of getting up to bat if you're never in the game. So the Voting Rights Act was important, still is important, always endangered, recently eviscerated, but no less important. That's why we need to be in the game now. The consequences of apathy had every African-American at the time said, you know what, voting isn't important. If every other politician who was stricken with a sense of conscience did not vote for it, then it was almost voted out. The Voting Rights Act was not a unanimous thing. Had that happened, it wouldn't be here now. So 1965. makes 2020 even more important. Democracy. 2020. The right to vote is sacred. And we should be making it very, easier very for people to cast consequences of apathy. Not harder. They believe that no one, is something including the president, is, something to consider is above the law. After this clip. And that no public official, including the president, should use their office to enrich themselves or their supporters. They understand that in this democracy, the commander-in-chief does not use the men and women of our military who are willing to risk everything to protect our nation as political props to deploy against peaceful protesters on our own soil. They understand that political opponents aren't un-American just because they disagree with you. The free press isn't the enemy, but the way we hold officials accountable that our ability to work together to solve big problems like a pandemic depend on a fidelity to facts and science and logic and not just making stuff up. None of this should be controversial. These shouldn't be Republican principles or Democratic principles. They are American principles. But at this moment, this president and those who enable him have shown they don't believe in these things. Tonight, I'm asking you to believe in Joe and Kamala's ability to lead this country out of these dark times and build it back better. But here's the thing. No single American can fix this country alone. Not even a president. Democracy was never meant to be transactional. You give me your vote, I make everything better. It requires an active and informed citizenry. So I'm also asking you to believe in your own ability, to embrace your own responsibility as citizens, to make sure that the basic tenets of our democracy endure. Because that's what's at stake right now, our democracy. And that's it. President Obama said it better than I ever could. But I'll add just one thing. The remarkable resilience of apathy is strong. It's sometimes easy to overcome. It's sometimes very seductive. And it can be overwhelming. 
I'll, I'll stop with one thing. Apathy is localized. It happens with you and just you alone. But the damage bill from being apathetic is felt by everyone. Or everyone that wants the same things you want. You want to be free from systemic racism. You don't want to see another black body, brown body, indigenous body, trans body, gay body left in the street because of violence brought upon them for no other reason than being different. We've all lost someone. We all know someone who's been taken. We all know that there's going to be one less family member, one less friend that we'll be able to say hello to or goodbye to. There's a lot to lose in this election. There's some who feel if Trump is reelected that the world will be the way it should be. But for those of us who feel that injustice will continue and get worse if Trump is reelected, that systemic racism will become more emboldened, more prevalent, that we will be attacked more, that our bodies will mean less and less. For those of us who feel that way, we know the price of apathy, and that price is way too high. Thank you for listening. This is the Black and Brown Ghetto Underground. I hope to see you soon. <laughs>